I'm never going to fit in anybody's mm-hmm. religious box. Mm-hmm. I'm not Christian enough for the people in the Midwest conservative areas. And I'm mm-hmm. way too Christian for people in the West in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I'm just never going to be the right thing for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I just have to be me. Ladies in the Wild is one conversation with two completely different lenses. I'm Sharice Corbin. I'm Cecilia Corbin, and we're two sisters with a 21-year age gap. These two decades cause us to have some pretty different ideas about life. So we decided to sit down and talk about the ways these 21 years shape our perspectives to the world around us. One conversation, two lenses. Because life is a wild ride. Welcome to to Ladies in the Wild. We would like to welcome you to episode three of Ladies in the Wild. (laughs) I can't do that without laughing. This is the third episode and every time we say it we laugh. I think it adds to the charm. It's great. It's great. This episode I would like to title Believer. Okay. So this is a more faith-oriented episode, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about faith from two different perspectives, and we're going to specifically highlight faith in the workplace for you, Sharice. Give us an overview of your career. First of all, let's understand what is Sharice's workplace like. Okay, so should we set the foundation? Let's <laughs> let's lay the foundation, guys. All right. So I am a television producer and I went to college and I double majored in theater and was called broadcasting at my college. So TV and film, basically. And fun fact, we went to the same university. Yes. Cecilia is going to graduate exactly 21 years after I did, which is insane. Following your legacy. But so cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I always knew what I wanted to do. Mm. I knew I wanted to work in television. And, well, back in college, I thought I wanted to be an actor, too. But that quickly fell away because I wanted to be the person writing the lines and directing, not being told what to do all the time. I was very bossy back then. (laughs) That's changed. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. I am a boss. (laughs) Hashtag boss lady. Right out of college, I got hired by an organization that did Mm short-form documentaries for humanitarian purposes, so mostly for awareness and fundraising. It was guerrilla filmmaking, so I would travel to a country, and then I would shoot all the interviews and the B-roll and all the footage, and then I would come back and I would edit it together. And if we had a host, I would write the copy for them and shoot that and just Mm -hmm. kind of do everything. So I did that for a few years, but I always had this burning dream to go to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And this is going to totally age me. You will know how old I am. But I wanted to be the next M. Night Shyamalan (laughs) because he was somebody that directed, wrote, produced, and made cameos in all of his films. Mm. So I wanted to be the female version of M. Night Shyamalan. Back then, he was doing really well, and everybody loved his movies, like Sixth Sense, M. Night Shyamalan, Mm -hmm. not Airbender, M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Different things. I just want to, yeah. If you understand, you understand. Um, So I saved up a ton of money. Mm. Well, for me, I saved up enough money that I was able to move to Los Angeles 
and I didn't know anyone. And so I lived with a childhood friend of mine, and we actually shared a one-bedroom apartment for a few years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we shared a bed and everything. It was intense. Close but quarters. It was a way that I was able to afford to be there because I just... I didn't know anybody, so I had to figure it out. So I actually met somebody at one of – she was in music, which Mm -hmm. did not translate to TV at all. Completely separate. But, well, except for I was at a concert one night, and I met somebody who was hiring for a reality TV show. They were hiring production assistants. It's like the entry-level position. Yes. And so I went in for an interview, and I kind of fibbed my way through it. They (laughs) – uh, I'm a very strong believer in fake it till you make it. <laughs> it's always worked out for me. I highly recommend it. Within boundaries. Boundaries. But they asked me if I had ever driven a 15-passenger van. And I said, yeah, of course. I have never driven a 15-passenger van in my life at that point. And that was a big part of my job. And cleaning toilets and doing coffee runs and doing lunch runs and all that jazz. But I just happened to get my first job in reality television. Mm. uh, And then I just continued on in that. So fast forward. How many years? Fast forward. Oh. (laughs) She cued me and I forgot. I'm so sorry. I failed the community. So fast forward. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) 18 years later, I have worked in reality television the entire time, and I've done shows for pretty much every network. I've done big shows like America's Got Talent and American Idol, and I've done shows for TLC like Toddlers Mm -hmm. and Tiaras, and I've done dog grooming competition, and I've done food shows for Food Network, and I've done shows for Facebook. Um, I did a show for History Channel called Swamp People. So I've done a lot of different types of television shows, Mm -hmm. and I've just, over all this time, slowly but surely worked my way up, and now I'm a co-executive producer and sometimes what they call a showrunner. So I will basically be the liaison between the production company and the network that the television show is Mm -hmm. on and just kind of manage the show from the budget to the schedule to the staff. I think that's so helpful for us to understand how you got to this point. That's really important. That is laying the foundation. So, okay, Sharice, I have a question for those of us who are not in TV, for those of us who don't have experience with Hollywood. Tell us what your day to day is like, because we all have these images of it just being like, sexy and champagne everywhere and just fun (laughs) stuff all the time. But that is not really accurate, is it? Working on a television show is the exact opposite of everything that you just said. It is extremely long hours. The shortest day I would ever work is 10 hours. Wow. Up to 18 hours or more. I am always on call. I never am off the clock. I am constantly available checking emails and messages, and it is such high stress, Mm -hmm. and so many people are expecting so much of you all the time, and big personalities, of course. Uh, There's a reason why we're on television. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a lot of big personalities, and so managing that and all working together as a cohesive team is always a very interesting experience. And interesting thing about reality television is... It's a more short 
form production. So mm-hmm. it can often be a group of people that have never worked together, that don't know each other, that come together and immediately have to form a team to create a television show within a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so we are in it immediately, all of us together, learning how to work hard together and still like each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And don't get me wrong, as stressful as it is, we do have some extremely fun times. I've been able to travel around the world. I've done shows in Portugal and Barbados and Anguilla and Costa Rica. So I've been able to travel internationally and also see some cool places in America. And some of my best friends I have met through working on television shows because you get really close really fast because of that kind of environment. So that's special. Uh, So there are a lot of good positive things and a lot of creativity that you get to just go after. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because I've been in it for so many years, it was like this shiny coin that's now been dulled and dulled Mm. after all the years of working so hard and the same pressures and stresses. And when you're on a TV show, you have no balance in your life. Mm -hmm. It's just work, work, work. So then you have to have time off in between jobs to come back to yourself again. Yeah, It's hard. It's a really, really hard career. Absolutely. Well, I say absolutely as if I know. I don't know. But I have witnessed yeah. you in the off season. Yeah. I've seen you when you come back from TV shows. I've talked to you when you've been on set shooting and production. And it is a taxing job. And I think many of your friends would attest to that as well. Yes. But so you have you have kind of a unique story in the way that you got to California. And I mean, you know, this there are other people who share that, but the thing that I think makes you so unique on a production set is the fact that you are often sometimes the only believer on a set. And by believer, we mean faith in Jesus Christ. Like you're the only person who would profess to be a Christian very often. Tell us what that is like in this chaos of trying to create a product to get to a network, how do you maintain your faith, retain your faith? What does that look like for you? It's a very big question that has many different layers to it. Like an onion. Like an onion. It makes you cry. (laughs) And it also smells delicious. And it tastes good. Yes. Unless you have acid reflux like I do, then it's cook it. (laughs) You gotta cook it. Tip, cook your onion. (laughs) Uh, I would say that I am usually the only person of, why do I want to say this? I generally do not use the word Christian when talking about my faith and my profession because Christian has such a bad connotation for so many people. Mm. Either they grew up in the church world and they had a negative experience or through the media or through news stories, they've heard about crazy people that are Christians that have done, you know, terrible things or they just have such a negative connotation to the word Christian. So I like to use the word you know, believer. Mm. And I think just to back up a little bit, when I start working on a show, nobody knows that I believe in God Mm. or that I'm a Christian. It's not something that comes out right away. I'm not like, hey, guys, 
I'm going to open my Bible on said and I'm going to, you know, pray over everybody right now. My faith is who I am, but I don't throw it in people's faces. Mm -hmm. Like it's my faith and I'm not trying to make someone believe the way I do, nor would I want someone to do that to me. So it usually comes out a little bit later once people get to know me. Mm. Oftentimes people will ask about my past. Like, where did you grow up? And I would say Africa. And they would say, why? And then the fact that my parents are missionaries would come out. And then they would say, oh, do you believe that? And then slowly but surely it would come out. And Mm -hmm. I would say, yes, I actually do. And I am practicing. And I go to church. And that always shocks people. And sometimes I go into a little bit more and say, actually, do read my Bible and I pray. And this is what my faith means to me. Mm -hmm. And Often you just see people's face kind of either confusion or glaze over like, oh, my gosh, I actually like this person. But now they're telling me something that I normally don't Mm. like. So how do I reconcile that in my head? Like, she's cool. She's normal. I like her. But here she she loves Jesus, too. Like It's really hard for people Mm. to kind of reconcile that at first. But because I've already built a foundation of them just getting to know Mm -hmm. me, they almost always accept it. They're like, oh, okay, well, cool. And sometimes they'll just leave it there. Sometimes they'll ask more questions. Um, It just really varies. But it's challenging for me, which I think most people wouldn't know because I don't speak about it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely feel... Like, it's not okay to be a Christian. Like, there's a lot of other religions that are okay that Mm -hmm. people would find interesting. And I'm going to say this because I feel like it's a little shocking, but I feel like it would almost be more okay for me to be a Satanist Mm. because that would be like, oh, weird and kind of interesting Mm -hmm. than for me to say, I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's just so off putting to people. And I can automatically be judged and put into a category because of my beliefs in that. Whereas if I was a Buddhist or if I was um, Jewish or mm-hmm. Catholic even, I would be put into a different category than me saying that I'm a Christian that believes yeah. in Jesus. So it almost sounds as if it can be an isolating experience at times. It can be an experience where, is, do you think that's fair to say? Yes. Okay. And you feel sometimes people almost um, make more assumptions about you when, when they hear that. Yeah. Um, so it, does that ever affect your working relationship with people? I would say pretty much not at all. Because people already know me and already mm-hmm. like me, then they're willing to accept this thing about me. So generally, it's not an issue. The only thing is that I do feel like I can never completely be myself or completely talk about Mm. my faith around other people because I wouldn't want to be offensive Mm. to certain people. It's funny how Mm -hmm. people can, you know, do all kinds of offensive things. And like, I accept that and Mm. I'm okay with it. But if I were to talk too much about God, then that would really upset people. It's just I feel like oftentimes there's a double standard Mm. and that. It's not a fair playing field. Yeah. (laughs) And so I wind up having to hide a part of my, a big part of myself 
as to not make people feel uncomfortable. Now, the people that I am really close to that I've known for years and years, they totally accept me for it. And I can talk about God and my relationship with God with them. And even though they might not believe the same way I do at all, they totally accept that of me. But that's been a relationship that's been developed in trust for Mm -hmm. them to know I'm not going to shove it down their throat and I'm not weird Mm -hmm. and I'm not a hypocrite. I think that's something that people, Mm. they've seen so many hypocritical Christians in their personal life or in the news media, and they're just against it. Essentially, what's happening is by kind of living your life, living your life devoted to your faith, um, but you you're not necessarily evangelistic in the way that you share it. Right. Um, It has opened some doors for you in different work environments that you've been a part of to make connections that then lead to your friends coming to faith or getting involved in the faith in a way that they hadn't previously. Is that true? Yeah, that has happened a few times. I have had people that are actually interested in faith, but maybe no one's ever really talked to them about it before. Mm -hmm. I have people that have said, oh, I want to come to church with you. I want to check it out. Uh, And I brought people to church and I'm like, oh, this is actually a fun church Mm -hmm. that's not all rules and regulations and guilt. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I like this. So that has happened before. There's also been circumstances where somebody's going through a really difficult time in their life while we're shooting a show and they know that I'm a person of faith. So they've actually come to me and asked me to pray for them. Because you know how when you're going through it, that's when it's like, okay, well, I'll try God. (laughs) Why not? Because life is terrible right now. And so I've I've actually prayed with, with people on set. Wow. Even though you don't do conventional ministry, right? Like you're not the pastor of a church. You're right. not working in a small group every week. This industry that you are a part of and your belief in God affects the place that the places that you work. So um I like I really love the term marketplace ministry. You are you mm, are a Christian yeah. who is very much in the marketplace, yeah. living with people day to day and letting their life speak as a witness to what they believe. Let's just say for other young people who kind of have similar dreams to you or maybe don't feel called to conventional ministry, right. but want to live a life that is devoted to God, that is honoring God, but feel called to the marketplace. What would you say about that? What I would like to start with is there's so many people in the church world that feel like Hollywood is a cesspool. And it's just, you know, where all evil things are. And I've literally had people tell me, oh, you work in that cesspool. How do you do it? And and that so irritates me. And it's just a misunderstanding. They don't understand and they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of something that they don't understand and something that's so powerful. Hollywood is so powerful and it touches Every place in the entire world. Mm -hmm. You might be in South Africa living in a shack in the middle of a township, but you have a battery operated television Mm -hmm. and you are watching TV. Like this thing, Mm -hmm. TV and music and film are powerful and they touch every part of the world. And I just feel like there are so many Christians or people in the church world that just are afraid of that and just feel like, oh, God's not there and God can't be there. And it's mm-hmm. there's just so much negativity. And I just feel completely the opposite. I feel like um, Hollywood is a city of angels mm. <laughs> and that God loves um, TV and film and music, that God created it and that it's a beautiful thing in a beautiful mm. place. 
And there are amazing people there. I have found that people are more open to faith and spirituality in the shows that I'm working on Mm -hmm. than people in the church. A lot of times people in the church are just set in their ways and they just keep doing the same thing. Well, the people that I come in contact with in general are very open. Mm -hmm. And so they are oftentimes... Uh, more accepting of what I have to say, you know, if if they're curious mm-hmm. than people in the church world. Um, so I would just like to say that I, I feel like as someone that wants to follow God, you are going to have opposition from very conservative Christians or church people. They're afraid that you can't be strong enough and that you're going to go work in this place and they're going to devour you and eat you up. Mm. Well, if that were the case, then your faith wasn't that strong to begin with. Mm. I have never lost my belief in God by moving to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Okay? Have I changed in um, my thinking in a lot of ways? Yes, I have. I'm not over here trying to say, I am such a good, righteous person that always does right things, and I am this great Christian example. No, I have done things that I have definitely regretted and had to come to grips with, deal with. But I do, through all of this, I still do believe in God and still do have a faith in God. And um, But he, I'm kind of going all over the place. But here is something, too, is that... I'm never going to fit in anybody's Mm -hmm. religious box. Mm. I'm not Christian enough for the people in the Midwest conservative areas. And Mm -hmm. I'm way too Christian for people in the West in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So I'm just never going to be the right thing for anybody. Mm. And I just have to be me. Yeah, I have to be. My faith has to be mine, and I have to live it out the way that I believe God wants me to. And if you are strong in your faith and you know that this is your purpose in life is Mm. to—because—God, this is so Christian. I don't know how I even feel about putting this out there, but I believe that we all have a purpose in this world, Mm -hmm. okay? And my parents were missionaries, and they did humanitarian work. That's what missionary means. It's not some weird term. So using that term, I believe that we all have kind of a mission in this world. Mm. This life isn't just about us, right? It's about how we're going to bless other people and help other people. So we have a mission and thus a mission field in this world. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that my field of mission is Los Angeles and working in television and that every job I work on, I can do something to bless or help or just make somebody's day better, Mm. like give somebody a hug, help somebody, notice if they're struggling, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, but that I can do something to help someone just through who I am and -hmm. and the faith that I have and the light that I have inside of me that my light kind of spews out a little bit. All of that to say your mission field is wherever you're planted. Mm. And you can be way more powerful working in another profession than in a church. You can do way more good and affect way more people on a greater stage in the actual world than in the church sometimes. Not that it's not a good thing to work in a church. It is. Some of our favorite people are pastors and missionaries. We love you all and thank you for listening because I know you guys are. <laughs> and you're, you've been so encouraging to us. So thank you. But don't be afraid. 
do what you love, what you're passionate about, what you feel like your mission is, but be strong in who you are and your faith and your Mm. spirituality. Know who you are and then you can go anywhere and wherever you are planted, you will grow and thrive and you will water all those little seeds around you little baby succulents they will grow and thrive (laughs) so don't be afraid but know who you are man girl i feel like that was a sermon series right there you should start it (laughs) maybe i will cecilia maybe you should i'm i'd be here for it uh like comment and subscribe if you think that shree should start a sermon series Reverend Sharice. Reverend Sharice. She technically is ordained. <laughs> I don't even know who you're ordained oh, with. I don't think the Christian people would like that. Um, I'm ordained with the Universal Life Church. <laughs> oh. I have, uh, yeah, I've actually officiated three <laughs> weddings at this point. A, a fourth is on, on the way. <laughs> She is very proud of this fact. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. My dad definitely thought it was weird at first because he's like, I'm an ordained pastor. And like, yeah, well, I paid $15, $15 in five minutes on the internet and I'm ordained too. Oh my goodness. Oh. The one thing that I do want to say, Sharice, that I have always really loved about you and has always been so impressive to me, um, and you touched on this earlier, is the fact that you have never lost your faith. Working in a place that has, um, there are ideas in Hollywood that are in opposition to what you believe. Um, There have been opportunities that it could have been very easy for you to give up the faith, to walk away from it, to profess something different. And you haven't done that. And I think that is just so encouraging to people who do feel called to marketplace ministry. I know that that's been inspirational to me. Mm. I believe in representation. Representation matters. And so to the people who are listening who who know that they love the Lord but don't necessarily feel called to vocational ministry, there is a place for you. Yeah. There is absolutely a place for you. God wants to use you to affect the places that you're going to be in, to serve people, to love people, to share his love yeah. with them. There is a place for you, and it can be done because we see that in your life. And I just think that that is so, so cool. Thank you for that so much. I think we just need to love people. And instead of being afraid of something, we just need to love people, wherever they're at, whoever they are. And I think just the fact that I love people has made them open to who I am. So if we just love better, so much in this world would change. And I do stand out. You know, people are people are always shocked that you know, I don't swear as much as everybody else does, as much as, but I'm still a human being. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere in this weird place where I'm definitely very open and loving of kind of everybody. And so my views maybe are not as conservative as other Christians, but that doesn't make me any less of a believer. People are going to judge you on both sides, I feel like. So I, it's just navigating being constantly misunderstood, mm. but finding peace in that because I know who I am. Mm. I feel like I've talked pretty much the entire time. Which, it was good. We needed to hear it. Thank you, Cecilia. It was great. I appreciate that. Cecilia, I would like to invite you into this conversation. Thank you. I'm stepping through the door. 
Because while you were still in college and studying to be a psychologist Mm -hmm. that is going to help people and change the world. Oh, my goodness. What is it like for you being in a part of the country that is very conservative Mm. religiously? How does that affect you? Do you feel like you fit in? Do you Mm. feel like you don't fit in? Where are you with that? Yeah. Coming to... Midwestern Christian America has challenged me in ways different than you. So I think I remember when I lived in L.A., I was fighting for my faith. I was fighting to retain it. I was fighting to have it. I'm fighting for my faith. And here it's been this journey of deepening my faith and affirming what I believe. So I've really had to look at my faith and the things that I believe and go, do I really buy into this? And why did I choose to see my faith this way? And do I really believe that this is the best way to do this. And so there are things that I've I've come to about the way that we were raised that I go, mm, maybe I don't hold entirely to that. And then there are things where I go, actually, I love this aspect of de- yeah. my denomination or I love this aspect of what I believe. So this has been um, sort of a stretching, growing, challenging season mm-hmm. um, because I know it can be easy in the Bible Belt to just be like, I'm a Christian and that's it. But I think... At least in the group of friends and people that I I had in high school, um, my faith was a little bit unique. There were just aspects of what I believe that other people didn't hold to. And so I really had to determine, like, do I believe this? And is this how I I want to live out my faith? You just kind of have to learn, like, this is what I believe and I'm going to hold to that. And then I'm going to allow people to have a different interpretation of this than my own. But really, as long as we meet on the core things, as long as we meet on the primary issues and we... We have the same, like in the places that matter, if we're the same, then I can let the other stuff go. I feel like for me, something that I'm always fighting against is explaining to people that religion and faith are not the same thing. Mm. Like I am not religious and I consider myself a person of faith and somebody that is spiritual. I don't practice this because my parents told me to because mm. the church I grew up in told me to. I am not practicing this because I feel guilty. Most people grew up in a church where it was guilt and rules. Mm. And so trying to explain to them, no, that's not what I believe at all. And that's not how I practice is a really hard thing. And of course, you would not like Christianity if you grew up that way. Ugh. Mm. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, too, once people understand that more, then it kind of makes more sense. Like, okay, this is something that you're choosing Mm. that is a faith thing for you, not just a religion that your parents told you to believe, Mm -hmm. which I think is part of what you're saying. Well, yes, yes, to an extent. But I also think something that's interesting to me about the area that I live in I mean, we're in the Bible Belt. There's there's really a church on like every corner where I live here, yeah. right? I think that sometimes the challenge more um, that I meet with other young Christians is that a lot of us grew up in this. So we do these things because we were, this is how we were raised and these were the things that we believed, but we're in this time in our lives where we're having to be accountable and responsible for our own faith. And mm-hmm. so I think sometimes we use... I guess some of the standards of like living and expectations as a way to not have to actually explore what we oh, really sure. believe. Okay. So does that, am I making yes. sense? So I think the challenge for, for me and like the friends that I have has been more saying, okay, you believe that I believe this, like why? Yeah. Let's get to the why of that. Right. Because 
you'll actually find when we really get deep down in here, I think we're actually closer than we think we are, mm-hmm. especially for, for my friends who may have been raised in a different denomination. When we really start having these conversations, we go, oh, like you and I actually believe more similarly than we thought. But sometimes just the form in which you were taught to exercise your faith can be like a barrier between you and other people. And so the challenge of my age group, I think, is more saying, okay, how do I begin to be accountable for my faith and not just (laughs) do things because I was taught them, but to say, like, I'm doing this because I really believe in it. So I think that the point of this conversation is basically to explain kind of the hidden feelings that we might have had about our faith Mm. over time. I know that this is not something that I openly talk about because I am afraid of being judged Mm. and misunderstood by people. Um, And I also don't want people to feel ostracized by me in any way. Mm. But I think the point of this conversation is Letting people know, if you're younger, like Cecilia, Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be afraid to go and do any profession Mm -hmm. that you feel passionate about Mm -hmm. and called to do, Um, you can be strong in your faith and be a light wherever you are. Mm -hmm. I think also this conversation should bring out the fact that we need to be more open as Christians to people that don't talk or believe or look Mm. exactly like we do, that lovers of God come in a lot of different shapes and voices, Mm. and to not be judgy and think because somebody (laughs) works in a certain profession that they suddenly cannot possibly be a Christian. Mm. And I think also for people that don't have the same faith that we do, maybe they believe in God but don't practice anything, just be more open and accepting to people that are Christians. Don't automatically think that they are judgmental mm. Republicans that just <laughs> don't love people and and hate everybody. You know, as fellow Christians, I think sometimes we can judge one another. And I think that it's really important for us to be a little more gracious, to take a little more time to understand why people believe the way that they believe. So do the work. Do the work so that you can have the peace and security of knowing that you've done it to be able to to rest in that and not have to constantly feel like I remember as a young person, I would be like, oh, my gosh, am I still in it? Am I doing the right thing? And like if you do the work, you don't have to have that stress. But take the time to really figure out what you believe, because there is so much peace that comes from knowing that you chose this. Like I know I may have been raised as a Christian. I may have been raised as a believer, but I chose that and I make that choice daily to pursue a relationship with Jesus to stay in the faith and to live out my faith. That's something that I chose for myself. It's not just something I've been indoctrinated with (laughs) or told to believe. It's not just Kool-Aid that I drank. I believe that it makes a difference. I believe that God is real. And those things affect my circumstances and my life on a daily basis. And I have so much peace because I know that I chose that and I made Mm. the decision to do that. Yeah, that's really powerful. As always, we would just like to thank you so much for listening. And if you have listened this far, thank you for being open enough (laughs) to hear what we have to say and for loving us, even if you don't agree with us. But at least you heard how we feel. And that means so much to us. And we would love to hear what you think. Yeah. So please like, comment and subscribe. (laughs)
As emphasis on comment this time because yes. we want to hear your thoughts. All right. So this has been the third episode of Ladies, Ladies in the, the Wild. See you next time. Bye, guys. Focus up. <laughs> to see pictures of me working in reality television in Hollywood, go check out our episode notes on our Instagram page, Ladies in the Wild Podcast, or on our website at ladiesinthewild.org. And if you have any questions or comments or your own adoption story that you'd like to share with us, please leave that in the comments on our Instagram page or on our website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, why not give us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcast? That really helps us to get the word out. This has been a production of CNC Think Factory. All conversations and opinions produced by Sharice and Cecilia Corbin. Graphics by Sharice Corbin. Additional writing by Cecilia Corbin. Editing by Sharice Corbin. And original music by the most amazing composer, Jason Brandt. <laughs>